Welcome back to another episode of While We Were Working. It's the show that helps you become a better people leader. Why? Because we empower people who empower people at work. This episode is going to be a great one that you don't want to miss. We're going to have some fun talking about dress codes in an unlikely workplace. And we're going to talk about something that we've all wondered, and that's about... (laughs) Does work from home mean work from anywhere? And if not, what are some of the parameters that we need to pay attention to? <laughs> so we've got a great episode. Let's get into it. I'm Joey Price. I'm founder of Jumpstart HR and one of the hosts here at While We Were Working. And as always, wait, who are you? I always say your name, but you can say it one this time. I don't know. I just, I don't want to rob, <laughs> rob your rob your your thunder so who, who, oh, am I, no. who do i have the pleasure of, of being on the show for because this is this is number 98 so we, wow it's been it's going. it's been a journey it's yeah it's been a journey well thanks joey we'll change it up a little bit and thanks everybody for joining our show show number 98 wow cool. i'm summer ketron I'm the consulting practice manager here at Jumpstart, but I'm also the co-host of the show that it's hard to believe we started almost two years ago. Can you believe that, Joey? You know, I I can't. I can't because HR news is always new and exciting. And uh, I just enjoy every week chatting with you about what's new and next. Uh, But for it to have been two years, you know, this is... It's a milestone, it's a milestone wow. for sure. We gotta, we gotta celebrate. Definitely gotta celebrate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely pretty wild. I remember thinking when we started, gosh, are we really going to have continuous content to talk about? And of course we do, because HR is exciting. It's ever changing. And as I tell my friends, when, when you're working directly with people, you never know what to expect. So um, there's, you know, there's always something new and exciting happening. And uh, I think we've got a really cool show. We're going to talk about dress codes. And before we do, it made me think about almost Halloween, Joey. Yep. 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 Dressing up. I um, love it. Are you or your kiddos dressing up this year? And if so, uh, what are, you know, what are the costumes or at least like the finalists? So we are still debating. We're that we're that crew that like thinks about it at the last minute and throws up a Hail Mary to see if we can order something on Amazon the next day. Or <laughs> you know, one year I just took my kids into the uh, the costume store and I said, "We're, we're getting what we get." <laughs> right. Uh, but it was like you know October thirty. But we will we will uh, dress up. Uh, my girls, their school always does a um, festive parade where um, it's fun for the little kids because they get to dress up as their favorite characters from stories okay. or, or uh, movies. And then the upperclassmen, because it's kind of like a K-12 sort of school, uh, okay. the upperclassmen, they plan their costumes. So I love seeing, you know, um, the Ninja Turtles or uh you know the the girls from clueless like they'll they'll plan their outfits and the teachers get into the fun as well so that's always fun to see so the short answer is uh, my girls will dress up 
they'll likely rope me into something. And, yep. you know, I'm a, a mushy girl dad, so I'll, I'll say, yeah. So I'll have to share <laughs> a picture. I'll have to share a picture to, uh, oh, gosh. to prove that it really happened. What about you? Are you dressing up? Well, I don't have a costume picked yet. Uh, you know, I've got a couple of ideas, but I'm actually going to be traveling with my boyfriend that day. We're going to be <laughs> flying back from a trip. So we'll be on the plane most of the day. Um, probably get back a little too late to really do anything. But we thought, gosh, how funny would it be to, you know, be traveling through the airport, getting on an airplane. We were talking about like minion costumes. <laughs> and I thought, you know, totally ridiculous. But I bet you would make a lot of people's day. So we'll see. We've got a little, still a little time to figure it out. Oh, that would be, that would be fun. We have to share pictures. And I wonder if, uh, if this is one of those holidays where you get free drinks on the plane. So check into that. I think you, you do on Southwest. All I think right, that's yeah. one of those days. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, speaking of uh, costumes and dress codes, uh, something fun happened. Uh, I don't think I'd ever have, would have thought they'd have, but something fun happened in the city. And we're going to talk about that in this segment called While We Were Working. Uh, while we were working in where we give you an update of news, trends, updates that you may not have been paying attention to. Why? Because you were busy working. So we've got this New York Times article that we want to chat about. It's from the end of September. As you remember, that was around shutdown time. We're talking about shutdowns and all that. But something else was happening. And the headline is, in a sartorial about face, then it reverts to tradition in its dress clothes. So, Summer, what was going on in the Senate? Oh, my. Well, I have to say, as an HR pro, I was eating this up. I <laughs> thought, oh, my gosh, we've got HR problems in the Senate. Let's get some popcorn, Joey. You know, these are things that you and I deal with on a daily basis. So to see them playing out, I was just like, what the heck's happening? I need to know more. So. In short, uh, it sounds like what initially happened is, you know, the Senate essentially said like that they weren't going to enforce the dress code. And literally a week later, um, as uh, some senators started arriving in what they determined was less than the dress code expectation, even with rolling it back, they then changed it to a more formal dress code. Um, indicating that a suit and tie was now a requirement. Yeah, and, you know, there were so many, there's a, I guess the guy is from Pennsylvania, and he always wears, <laughs> like, holdings uh, to the flops. But, you know, I do believe I, certain places should have certain dress folds, especially somewhere as uh, important as our government's uh, office. So okay. I'm a I'm a big fan of, of just keep the, keeping the dress code as it is. It's not broke. Why well, fix it? <laughs> there are other important other. things to worry about in government. Yep. Then yeah. you know, and we wear flip flops and sneakers to to Senate Gary. Now, in that article, uh, I saw I saw something that um, stood out. You know, it said Chuck Schumer said. We've never had an official dress code. And it just dawned on me, 
why do you why do you think why, now people are yeah. challenging it? Do you think it's because we've got this kind of more business casual culture, which has turned into work from home culture, which is you know you kind of business on top, whatever you want on the bottom, as long as it's not on camera. Like I, I I'm just curious, why do you think why? now is the time now? to challenge a uh, dress code that apparently never never existed gosh i don't know i i think you know i could make some guesses but i wish i knew i think it does have to do with some of what you were saying earlier i think there's just been such a shift uh, across many workforces who are work from home that you know there's this updated dress code and i think that as individuals are starting to return to the office organizations are trying to find ways to compromise, right, to entice them to come back to the office or revisiting their dress codes as a result. And so to me, it's somewhat natural that there's these conversations happening all over. But I agree with you, Joey, that there's a time and place for certain attire. And, you know, I saw this play out probably about 15 years ago as working at an organization that had business casual attire, um, but you were not allowed to wear jeans. And I remember when the HR, um, the VP of HR at that time got the dress code changed to allow individuals to wear jeans first just on Fridays. Oh my gosh, everybody was so excited because they got (laughs) kind of a break from their formal attire. Yeah, Mind you, at this organization, we were not client facing. So we were really dressing up for each other. And as time passed and individuals were able to show that they could operate within this revised relaxed dress code responsibly, it was then changed to you can wear jeans every day to then it evolved to not really specifying what you could wear, but really making it about like exercising good judgment (laughs) and you know, that it was going to be a fairly loose dress code so long as folks didn't abuse it. So I think this has evolved. It makes sense to me that there's, you know, like the Senate is looking to revisit theirs, but I think it just went too far. I think so too. And, you know, you you, kind of alluded to it uh, when you mentioned your your public dress code situation. Dress codes are usually there to guide, uh, how do I say this, like, least responsible or the most edgy or you know there's a number of reasons why you can like not want to be addressable uh but it's always interesting when laws are law or policy in less important things like dressful are there because there's one or two or three people who live out on the fringes and it was well, one, two, or three folks in the Senate on the fringes that they should reconsider and say, uh, let's, let's, let's reel this back in. <laughs> you know, I, it makes me think about um, that company that I was telling you about, Joey, when they relaxed the dress code. You know, I was a manager, so I, I did feel yeah. like it was my responsibility to kind of set the standard for what was appropriate. And yeah. I remember one day I was like, okay, my, um, I had those like tall, furry Ugg boots. And I was like, man, I know these are casual, but they're so comfortable. You know, I'm not going to see anybody. Like, they're clean. And I was like, I'm going to wear them. Mm-hmm. 
And the team started to wear theirs, which was great because they were super happy. And I remember the president of the company at the time, he despised them. He just thought they, you know, they they didn't belong in the office, but yet they didn't not meet Mm -hmm. the dress code. So I remember every time I'd wear them, I'd kind of walk by and I'd wave and I'd smile at him, like tell him good day. And (laughs) he'd be like. Shaking his head like, can't believe it. I can't believe you're wearing those. <laughs> but, you know, wh- where I'm going with this story is, you know, we, we kind of tied it into these conversations and changes happening at the Senate. But I think they're great lessons learned for all organizations to really be thinking about, do they have a dress code? Why does it exist? Is the reason that it was originally created still current and it Is it in need of some updating? And I think it's worth looking at because with so much changing, as we just discussed, and kind of the new casual, I do think that there's room for some organizations to look at what would be acceptable. I mean, did you ever think that you'd be having business calls, Joey, with the same folks that were probably in suit and ties, you know, and they're now in maybe just like a nice you know, a nice clean t-shirt that is becoming more normal. And I think, you know, I I think when it comes down to it, especially with like work from home interruptions, you know, I think there's a lot more just forgiveness, a a little more grace for, you know, what happens when it comes to attire and or, you know, working from home and and interruptions and such. So I think they all just kind of play into each other. Yes, I I, I agree. I mean, you made an interesting point about sort of the uh, the evolution of what business casual means because I remember <laughs> when business casual meant you know still a college shirt, still dress shoes. Maybe instead of you know your suit pants, you were wearing khaki. Yeah. But now you know I call it the, the Zuckerbergification of you know dress code. <laughs> Where business casual can mean, yeah. you know, a nice t-shirt, a blazer on top, jeans, and yeah. one, some clean sneakers. And yeah. I belong to this club here in the city. And I always say, you know, got to relax the dress clothes because if Mark Zuckerberg came in here, you won't really turn him away. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, I think our, our culture has, has loosened up a bit. And I think it could be worth it to take a look at your old dress code from a um, strategic standpoint and say, hey, how does our dress code uh, help us carry out our values, help us create a place that people want to work at, whether that means to lean into your dress code and be proud of it or yeah. to loosen it up a bit or maybe, you know, change, change the game there. Uh, we're happy to help you in that conversation, which... It may sound simple, it may sound it's trivial, tough. but if you if you do it right, you'll really see some defeating benefits from uh, <laughs> how you're adjusting your dress flow. So, reach out to us over at our Jumpstart website, jumpstarthr.com, and you can schedule a 30 minute executive call, or you can get a, a block of wow, prepaid hours and wow. chat with us to hear best practices on dress clothes, maybe roll out a dress code policy. And have us guide you all along the way. So, yeah, that's that's what I have yeah, to say about that. I, I want to help. That. I want to help you 
um, pay attention to this because if the Senate's paying attention to it, I think it would pay attention to it. Yeah, you know, definitely unexpected, but uh, created some interesting, interesting things for us to talk about. But I know we have another cool, interesting topic to talk about. Are you ready for it? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's jump into it. Let's set it up. Sure thing. So Consultants Corner is the second part of our show. And, you know, this is one where, you know, Joey and I, we get questions from our listeners. We chat with our other consultants to kind of put our ear to the ground and understand, you know, what are some things they've worked on recently? And of course, you know, if you have questions or concerns, uh, anything that you'd like us to talk about, uh, we'd love for you to send in your questions so Joey and I can talk about it at the show. You can reach us via email, hello at jumpstart-hr.com. And uh, maybe you'll hear your topic on an upcoming show. But this one today was a question from a listener. And it reads, I see that some companies offer a work from anywhere policy. If we are already remote, how hard would this be to do, including international destinations? Great yes. question. Are we going to make this a three second segment for a 13 bowl segment? The answer is well, <laughs> it is going to be tough. In fact, uh, it's interesting this question came in because, you know, with the clients that I've worked with personally over the last two years, I, I would say this has come up for more than half of them. And it's because, you know, you do see folks who are on Instagram posting, you know, working from these glamorous tropical destinations. And I think companies want to, you know, some companies want to be a part of offering that to their team members and they're curious how they can do it. And the answer is it's not very easy to do. Yeah, there's so much, there's so much thought and there are so many decisions that need to be made from things that are super practical to things that are more legislative. I think about, you know, the, the fact that our income is stacked up and someone stays in a, in an area for an extended amount of time. Uh, that number is generally different, um, place to place, but let's just say three months okay. or six months, you know, in a, in a different place. Then uh, they are considered having residents and residents pay foxes before okay. are a resident benefit on the amenities of living in that area. So okay. you know you, you got to think about you got to think about taxes. Uh, you okay. also have to think about um, healthcare. You think about healthcare and whether or not you okay. have. Uh, plans that cover support. I remember I was looking at a, a a super like wealthy law firm, boutique wealthy law firm, and um, one of the perks was like helicopter evacuation. So if you were yeah. ill out of the country, right? So care first. I don't think it works in China or in yep. the Dominican or in Germany okay. and. So you got to think about doing your plan, do your insurance cover, uh, employee safety and health. Um, yeah. Those are some things that come up right away, but some are, okay. I know there's a kind of all things that you've been thinking about on with. So what do you, what do you think? 
There is, Joey, and, and you've touched on some of them. I think the first one that always comes to mind for me is compliance as a whole, right? So you, so you spoke a little bit about taxes. And what I have found is that the requirements for U.S. workers in these countries, they vary wildly. There's not just a couple different like rules that you have to understand and follow. So first, I think the company would need to commit to hiring an expert in all of the requirements to have an employee there. And in many cases, when you have an employee who is working out of the country, you know, we're talking about work visas, and it may even require that as a business that you register your business just like you would in any new state here, but you register the business and you become an expert in all of that country's labor laws. Okay. And you're expected to have policies that are in compliance with their labor laws. So if you think about, you know, say you've got 50 employees and maybe they're working in 50 different countries, you now have 50 different sets of labor laws that you have to become an expert in, not to mention all of the, you know, business filings and tax considerations. And, you know, while it may sound like, well, like once you figure it out, it's not that big deal. But again, I kind of come back, Joey, to like most countries handle it differently than one another. Mm -hmm. So it's just not volume. It's truly having to understand each one on a case by case basis. And that's just simply it's more work than most smaller companies can handle. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it could be a lot. We, we work with a company, we have actually a lot profit and one of their employees that they wanted to retain was a little spouse to a partner in the military and they were okay. stationed overseas. And so we had to put our heads together of how we're going to make this happen. While we had to look okay. at how long was the transfer. What what ways can we pay the employee, uh, you know, legally? And uh, now there okay. there are some there are there some are. good companies out there now that can handle the payroll component of it, but um, okay. that's just one piece. That's that's just okay. one piece. If we had our accountant on the air, they'd probably tell us things like, you know, sales tax, things of that nature, where you have employees versus where you don't. But it's 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 a long. Uh, it's a, it's a lot to think about. We didn't even touch on cybersecurity. And, you know, right. when, you, when you write these plans for, for cybersecurity, the expectation is that, you know, somebody's working from, from their house. But if okay. someone's, you know, well, at, a, at an Airbnb in some unknown location and the Wi-Fi is at risk and you're not using a VPN, then, okay. you know, your company information can be stolen. Okay. Which probably brings up another piece probably. about, like, actually, actually training your employees of how to work away from their home, right? Things like okay. having a VPN, making sure your devices are password protected, putting on two-factor authorization when you can. Like, there's so many things that go into it that I wouldn't necessarily endorse for work from anywhere policy. You know, obviously, if somebody's on vacation and they want to check in, like, sure, so so be it. But not like a permanent, all in a little body. And uh, okay. <laughs> that's it. 
Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. I have seen larger companies do this. And I think, you know, if you are a larger company, then obviously you have a bigger budget and larger resources to be able to hire the experts and professionals to spend the time on all of these compliance considerations that Joey and I were talking about. And when I do hear of individuals, like I know a family friend who moved to Portugal um, they are, you know, very um, U.S. worker friendly. So okay. that's kind of an easier destination than some of the others, fewer requirements. And so I think, you know, it, it is those larger companies who are more likely to be able to do this. But, you know, you spoke a little bit about, Joey, there being companies who do payroll. And there are a couple of options um, so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, you know, I wish there was something else we could do, there might be. Of course, uh, it requires, you know, more information and kind of questions and analysis that then Joey and I will be able to cover today. You know, but the first would be, um, you know, is the individual either you were intending to hire or that is currently working for you? Do they potentially meet the requirements in that country to work as an independent consultant versus an employee? Mm -hmm. I think that's worth looking at. Uh, but I will warn you that each country is different. So you need to, again, understand their requirements. But Joey, have you ever heard of companies like remote.com? Yes, I have. Yeah. 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 It's not a paid endorsement, uh, but I mention it because in situations like this, they could be a good potential alternative. And so in short, um, remote.com is a company that you can um, pay a fee to and they will essentially hire who like your employee as their employee and they are registered to conduct business in a wide variety mm -hmm. of countries. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're paying for it. Yes, this is no longer technically your employee on paper, but they would essentially be leasing them back to you. So you'd still have that individual performing the work just as they did before without a lot of the headache. And um, it's not cheap, but it's probably cheaper if you're a small company than having yeah. to pay for all of that compliance stuff that we talked about in the beginning so yeah maybe that's an option yeah no i, I like that suggestion and it, and sometimes you, you do have to look at the cost but you also might say hey we're in a rhythm with this person they know our clients well okay. they are a great team member so um yeah it they the expenses could be justified but it takes intentional okay. thinking around it yeah i think cool. there's there's even, yeah, there's even much more than what we talked about today, of course. I mean, the one that always comes up in conversation is talking about work schedules, how to coordinate work schedules in so many different time zones. Does that mean that like you have set like core business hours where everybody's expected to be online for a small window of time and what that looks like if you've got folks on like the opposite ends of time zones? I mean, do you really want your team members like having to be online at like really late or really early hours of the morning? I'm guessing probably not. Probably not. No. Let's <laughs> go. Cool. 
Well, well this has been a, 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 a fun field episode. We talked about some topics that are important for you to know about. And I hope we covered all of these things, such as dress codes and working from anywhere. And you feel a bit smarter in your ability to uh, <laughs> lead your team. So uh, without further ado, I hope you have a great rest of your week. And check our growing catalog of episodes, whether it be on podcast or YouTube. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.